When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. The Toyota hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power and savings with style. Not to mention top tech to help keep you connected. Plush premium interiors and the most advanced Toyota safety features. So, now you know who you're talking to. Toyota, the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. With a hybrid or electric vehicle built for every driver. Seriously, dear gas prices, do you really think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota hybrids. Find yours at toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Based on manufacturer estimates, see why 2000 through 2021 sales. Hello and welcome to the post-match podcast on the Blue Room. Uh, a very, very different post-match podcast because I don't think I've hosted one for many, many a year. And also, I don't think Everton have won a game by four goals to one in Frank Lampard's debut um, as the Everton manager at Goodison Park against Brentford in the FA Cup through to the last 16. We'll talk about the connotations that could have later on in the season. But Rob, um, as soon as I saw the team the list, the 11, I thought, oh, and I, and I said something negative, I probably shouldn't have said because I got hammered on Twitter by saying that basically if you didn't know that it was a different manager, that was Frank, that was Rafa Benitez's 11 right in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, first of all, give me your thoughts on that. And then secondly, we'll get into how different this 11 was when it actually played. Well, I look, I, I'm right there with you. I, I mean, first of all, let's just say what a, what a result. I'm so happy. I'm so uh, excited. I, I mentioned when we talked earlier this week that, you know, I, I was with you in the idea that, that, that obviously the Newcastle game is, is really the, the pivotal match uh, in this, in this first couple for uh, Frank Lampard, but that if we could get a win in this game, that it would just be the kind of, 
you know, start that could ignite something, the kind of start that I think I wouldn't say Frank Lampard needed to win today, but after after so much losing, it felt like this was just an opportunity to make things feel a lot better. Uh, and it certainly did. But so to that point, I was with you when when that starting 11 came out. I, you know, I, I it's it's one of those things where I, I, I have feel like I have to give and I feel like we all have to kind of give the, the manager a little grace, especially considering all the caveats, those caveats being things like the game coming up Tuesday. Uh, you've got a few guys that are cup tied. Um, you're you're still dealing with uh, you're dealing with an injury uh, to Calvert Lewin, who you know you've you've been trying to bring him and nurse him back from from a major injury, and so uh, that's a, a delicate process. So I wanted to have a little bit of grace for the manager. I think I was like many who was looking at that eleven and just trying to figure out what the formation was. Mm. Um, I, I I was like, is this five at the back? Uh, it, it, it really, it was, Dave, I think when the game started, it ended up being something more akin to like a, a three, four, three yeah, uh, yeah. is, is yeah. what I saw, uh, which, but, but even with that, I, I think the, I will say, and granted, you, you just don't know all of the, the factors at play here, of course, but I was a little bit um dispirited slightly just ever so slightly by seeing a squad that did not include Lewis Dobbin and did not include Tyler Onyango did not include Nathan Patterson starting the game uh it, it was even funnier when when John Joe Kenny got brought on at left back later in the game too but you know at the same time, I just thought, all right, look, uh, this is this is a, a short period of time. He's going to go with guys who maybe he feels can can start uh, in a, a slightly different sort of setup uh, quickly without putting too much pressure on some of the young players, whatever. I, I It doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, what we saw was a formation that was certainly different, but more importantly, a cast of players who, and you can call it manager bounce, you can call it whatever you want, but looked like they had just been given a jolt of life uh, yeah. by the new manager. I, I saw midfielders who seemed uh, eager to get onto the ball to, you know, who didn't seem afraid. There wasn't as much of the, you know, kind of that, that meek passing backwards stuff that we've seen in, in the, you know, the slow non-existent buildups that we've been watching for, I don't even know how long it's <laughs> felt like years. And so I, I just couldn't believe I was watching a, a midfield today that consisted of a lot of the same guys, but yet Gordon Andre Gomes and and Alan all had excellent games. <laughs> I mean, I, I was I it just looked like they had been told go out and do your thing. We will we will get this figured out. Um, and and obviously that took um, that took a, a commitment. When we talk about defense, we we always seem to talk about well, what does the back three, the back four, the back five look like? And that's certainly important. But playing strong defensively is a mindset amongst the entire eleven, and you saw that that sort of that pressing, that commitment, uh, you know, from one to eleven today, and that enabled those midfielders to, to I think, play with with a certain amount of freedom. Um, and, and obviously we'll go on to talk about, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the, one of the pivotal moments, which was Ben Godfrey getting hurt. I'm really, I'm a little afraid since he left Goodison on crutches, apparently about that injury. We, we really don't we really can't be losing players uh, of quality, but, 
um, you know, you, you had Yerry Mina come on, get that goal. And then suddenly it just ignited. It seemed to ignite something. And, and, and generally speaking, this is what this is more than I could have hoped for today. And it certainly was a case that showed you that, yes, Dave, to your original point, you've got a starting 11 that looks, uh, you know, on paper, very similar to the to the direct that we have seen Rafa Benitez roll out for months and months. And yet, Suddenly, a new mindset, a new voice, uh, a, a weight being taken off the shoulders, as, as Lampard said, restoring a little confidence. You saw what effect that can have. They've got to find a way now to carry this sort of belief and confidence and good feeling and good attitude and all those good things into what is going to be not only a pivotal match upcoming, but really the next few months are just going to be so critical to uh, Lampard's future at the club and the future of the club in general. There were three people who um, had my first line of thought when I watched this game uh, throughout it as it was ongoing. And now it sort of sticks in the head a bit more, I don't know, a bit more than anything else, really. Um, you're one of them for Yeri coming on. Um, which I'll, get to, which I'll get to in a second. Oh, you know, I love that. <laughs> and and the, the other two for, uh, well, probably slightly different reasons. One of them, Rafa Benitez, as soon as you saw that team. And the more permanent one to discuss first, I think, is Duncan Ferguson because a penny for his thoughts on his own, and obviously he'd never say it publicly, but internally, perhaps when he gets home and he has a beer when he's looking over the, the, the game again tonight or whenever, having a celebration. I, I dare say, I mean, you'd often get in football almost <laughs> the way we are on a weekly basis, those sort of sliding moments where you think, oh, this could have been completely different had a certain thing just happened for somebody else. And I looked at the way these players were today. That is what I wanted and, dare I say, expected when Dunk was in to, as caretaker against Villa. And we just did not get that from any of those players or many of those players, maybe I should say that word instead. Um, today, when I saw that lineup, and I think this categorically, you know, puts it to bed about when people think the footballers are so capable of doing something if they had that commitment. And I think that's the key word. The buzzword probably of this podcast will be commitment because <clears throat> every single one of them did their jobs, did what they were asked to do. It was all, there was all purpose to everything they did. Purpose, not when they had the ball. And there was a, there's a really good clip. I don't know if you heard it on your line where Frank Lampard screams out loud enjoy the ball enjoy the ball can you imagine the last time anyone's yeah. ever said that to any of those players yeah. um, well certainly post Ancelotti uh, in the last six months have said to them enjoy having possession of the ball mm -hmm. and that's what I felt was happening during the start of that game and it grew more and more and more and it was positive and you know and a lot of, a lot of people who sort of obsess over tactical side of things and I didn't look at this and think this is a completely different style Everton are playing right up until the second half when you could tell one of the first things he's looked at when he's watched videos of how we've done tactically and how poor we've been this season is that horrible route one ball we'd always play up to Calvert-Lewin if he's fit, um, much that we did against Villa where you're playing it 30, 40 yards forward in the air and you've got six foot four, six foot five, centre-half defenders who are beating him in the air, or it's him versus them. If he loses it, they've got possession and we have to try and win the ball back. That's how simple, basic and 
quite horrible to watch under Benitez happened. In this, even though Richarlison is absolutely brilliant in the air, I think he's a cracking header of the ball, the tendency when we receive possession, when we're going out from the back, Pickford looked to play it out to one of our players. He didn't mm-hmm. always look for the long ball forward. He didn't always look at getting it into the opposition's half. He looked at getting it to Everton players' feet. Yeah. And that, as simple as it sounds, to anyone else listening to this who's not an Evertonian, which there are plenty, will think, oh, how basic is this that you're talking? But they're the basic things that we were absolutely useless at and not doing at all. Mm-hmm. So when I watched this, that it was it was Lampard. It was simple, basic things we had not done that many clubs will take for granted, yes. And I'd love it if we can one day take it for granted. But mm. we were now a, a club and a team that were playing the ball on the floor, trying to turn when they got the ball in possession and try and find another shirt and get players forward. You mentioned that formation there. I agree with you. I thought I'd saw more 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, Mikhailenko, I thought, was absolutely fine, by the way. Uh, I know yeah. he's received a lot of criticism. thought he was absolutely fine. Seamus, absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. But again, just a note on Seamus there with, that, with the possession we have. He didn't look like the Seamus we often used to have to rely on uh, in that sort of right-back, right-wing area. If he lost the ball, Holgate there to say it's someone else who's been under the mire, got over there, defended well, got the ball forward when he had it in his feet. And there was there were things, I think, if you were to ask, like an Alan maybe, who's obviously well, a well, well-cultured midfield player, 30-odd years old, being across Europe playing, and said to him, you know, what was different about that? I doubt he'd have very many words to say other than it was it was simple, it wasn't complicated, it was things that I'm used to doing when the managers across Europe and when I've played, even when I came here, Ancelotti, we played like that under him. Gomez as well, I think, looked much more comfortable in that midfield role. There wasn't any... One individual player I was looking at thinking, yeah, he's got to stay as the pivot. He's got to stay at the base of this midfield. I didn't look at that all the time. Yes, positional-wise, yes, when there's a goal kick at the other end, you'd have Alan pull a little bit deeper, stand next to one of their midfield players. Um, Even Tony, if he'd come a little bit deeper from up front, you'd have one of ours who'd go and stand next to him. But all of that stuff, Hmm. it was so refreshing, Rob. I think that's the way the money was such a refreshing look at how this 11 that I was, to be fair, dreading, even though it was <laughs> Lampard's 11, I was looking at it thinking, oh, no, what's he done in it? Done here? Is he just trying to get 10 men behind the ball all the time? Is he just trying to make sure that we don't concede because we've got a weakened defence? And then, of course, yeah. when Godfrey goes off, what is it, 15 minutes in, um, and Yeri comes on, I'm thinking, oh, no, this could be a disaster, not in terms of his inability or ability, but because this is Lampard having to change things immediately over something he's worked upon all week, all along. And, again, the the whole thing just seemed to really work nicely. And I don't know about you, but at the end of the game, I felt so satisfied with it and pleased about it. Not to get carried away on, oh, yeah, it's Lampard's first game. Love seeing him celebrate with the Everton fans. Love that his quite famous wife was in the main stand as well, celebrating and all that stuff that we all love to see, all the romance that we love about our club and the FA Cup. That's all one thing in a different bubble for me. From what I saw today as a fan, 
was something completely different to an Everton that we haven't seen for a long, long time. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the time under Ancelotti, yes. But even if you take him out of the equation and the times that ultimately ended up quite poor under Ancelotti towards the end of his career with us, that looked to me like the way I want my team to play. And that was mm-hmm. the, the biggest feeling I got towards watching it today, Rob. Well, I I think there's a lot there. I mean, look, I, I think let's just go ahead and lean into the idea here that we're going to completely overreact to one one game here uh, and make all kinds of sweeping uh, sweeping conclusions. Because you know what? Because you know what, Dave? We haven't had enough to enjoy this season, so I'm going right. to enjoy this. But, yeah. but, you know, look, having said that, I think what I think what you point out is very astute from the standpoint that this is that, that we make, I think sometimes in the dissection and discussion of this sport, we make a lot of it uh, really complex. And that's because there are certainly complex nuances to the ways that certain systems work, certain managers uh, employ said systems and said players against certain types of competition. And there's the, you know, the analytical piece of this. Um, but I think that that those types of sides that that operate in sort of a very meticulous fashion are those that have probably played together for a while under a manager and a system and a philosophy and all these things for, you know, an extended period of time in order to hone it. And and hopefully what what you hope is that Everton can get to a point where they're like that. What what we saw today was was, though, I don't want to dismiss as simply, you know, the the new manager bounce and therefore it was just a bunch of guys being, you know, being committed because let's be frank, uh, the, the, the football actually looked pretty, pretty good on the eye, didn't it, Dave? I mean, it was, this was, this was, again, I I don't need us to be uh, Barcelona per se, but, but when I say it looked good on the eye, it was it was the energy, it was the pressing, but it was also uh, players who appeared for the first time in a while, especially in those pivotal positions in midfield, unafraid to actually go ahead and just try to make plays as opposed to holding onto the ball, putting their arms up, waiting for someone to pass to and kind of walking the ball slowly up the pitch before giving up and just hoofing it forward. I, I think I think this was a team that looked like they had been empowered to take some chances. They looked like they had been told that there is more risk in playing overly conservative. And I don't think that's talked about enough. I think that that some teams are set up to be ultra conservative and find ways to squeeze out results. Mm-hmm. Everton have been trying to live in, in a world where they, they try to veer between these two poles and, and they're not, that's not really what suits them. But, but more than anything, to your point, I think that they were A, empowered. They were, you know, what you want to put, you want to call it a, a, a arm around the shoulder or whatever of, the, of an entire team. But I think that they were empowered. They were they were instilled with some confidence today, and they were told that that this is this is something that can work for us. You just have to go out and believe you can do it. Believe that things will go right. And by the way, you you there's that old expression that you create your own luck. Everton got a lot of bounces today that went their way. They had things generally go their way in manners that had not gone their way seemingly all season. And I think that that is a result of them playing uh, a, an aggressive, 
uh, you know, oftentimes very, very a forward thinking, uh, you know, manner of football, uh, you know, to, to even to just shade, shade the possession, even it's 55, 45, it's not like they, yeah. they had 80% of the possession, but when they had possession, they seemed to make it count. They were trying to get, get players for, they were trying to, you know, in, they were trying to allow these playmakers, you know, to, to, to be able to be part of something high functioning as a group, as opposed to saying to your point about like Coleman or, or Dean in the past, Hey, we're going to just, we're going to fluff it off to, to one of the wings and hope that they can get in a cross that someone gets ahead on. I mean, I think it was this time it was more about, uh, it was, you saw Anthony Gordon, you saw Andre, Andre Gomez, you saw that gorgeous pass by Alon for Richarlison's goal, all those type those instances. And we haven't even mentioned Damari Gray, who, who once again was, was a threat as well, but you had guys finally saying instead of us being the ones who are put under pressure we're going to be the ones that put the defense under pressure make them think about it make them have to account for us and and sometimes and maybe this is kind of Lampard's thought is that that being more aggressive is its own form of defense right like like by by not just simply possessing the ball um, but ultimately being uh, of the mindset that you are going to cause problems and create pressure um, by by you know cutting through cutting through with movement and and getting getting uh, on the ball and pressing i i think that that was such a refreshing change and you saw that today so again the the the, the, the stuff that happened with 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 substitutions and everything else everything seemed to work well today I, it will be interesting to see what happens when when there's obviously a little bit of adversity but ultimately i, I think that you know y- you had things that just kind of worked out now with Godfrey, when Godfrey went out, I, I will admit, uh, I think that the clear idea was to to rest Yerry Mina today for uh, the game at Newcastle, given he'd just flown back from South America. Uh, he came on and I was a little freaked out by the idea of him being in that much space on the right-hand side and keeping Keen in the middle. I thought it would be kind of a flip to, flipped in reverse, but you know, it didn't really, it didn't really bite them at all. Uh, nothing seemed to today. Um, and And I think that, that some of what we talk about in terms of tactics and formations has to also kind of take a backseat at times to, and I won't use the word mentality on a podcast with you, Dave, in any meaningful way, but (laughs) what I will say, what I will say is that a manager's job goes beyond simply X's and O's. It goes simply beyond saying, this is the formation you should play in. This is how much you should press. Those things are certainly important. But what is also important is someone who has the ability to lead and persuade and instill confidence. And I think that that ultimately, if Lampard is the winner that we hope that he is, that maybe you've begun to see what is put, put, you know potentially possible with a, 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 with someone whose credibility, his winning background, et cetera, rubs off rubs off on players. All I know, Dave, and, and this is where I'll end here, is that what I saw today was a side that is not going to go down. If that's what, if we can get even eighty percent of this most weeks, um, you know, and Brentford is is just kind of your garden variety middle of the table side right now. I mean, they're struggling a little bit, but if you can win these sorts of games in the Premier League, you can get results. Everton should hopefully be comfortable, and then they can begin to aim towards other, uh, you know, other goals. Maybe not this season, but more from a long term perspective and and i think that that is really exciting well i mean i was i was surprised we were playing the side that the field needs full team 
Thomas Franks is a very, very good manager. Somebody I, I'd like to have seen linked with the Everton job at the time. Um, he's somebody I think should you shouldn't shake your head at if he was ever looked towards um, a future as a, as a manager in the Premier League. I think he's a very, very good manager, very astute manager. Um, and they decided to field their full side against us today, um, which was a bit of a surprise. Ours, I mean, I don't know whether you could call out the full side or not. It probably is if you take out the two new signings that we've got that will probably come in against Newcastle. Um, one, one of the things that I looked at, um, again, in terms of the lineup and trying to make sure that it wasn't Rafa Benitez in as much as how we played compared to what the actual 11 was, was Richarlison front and centre on his own, up front. Mm-hmm. I say on his own. You know, Gray and Gordon got around him pretty effectively as well. Yes. Throughout most of it, getting the ball into his feet. It wasn't the case of this guy needs to give it to the wingers, run into the box and hope that he gets next to a cross. There was none of that. Well, I'll say there's some of that. Obviously, there was always going to be some of that. It's a natural game of football. But Richarlison played there. And I mean, if you cast your memory to when since he's been with us, how often have you seen him be the central number the nine? The lone striker. Yeah, exactly. And, and not, this, not a lot. Yeah. Lot. No, carry on, carry on. Yeah. No, I was going to say not a lot. I mean, we've, we've seen him in a two with, uh, you know, we're playing just off of Calvert Lewin, but, but being the main man, we we've seen him a few times uh, as a solo uh, striker and, and it's, uh, you know, because of, of what we just referenced for the last several minutes about the midfield, it's certainly been an issue in terms of, well, Les is on and has not hit his mute button. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, Les, did you did you did you decide to join us from the loudest place on earth? <laughs> he decided to go and change that. Now, Les Roberts will be joining us. He's uh, I just shamed him off. Shamed unlike him me off and Rob, he's been actually been in the ground today to watch the game. So we'll get his thoughts from there in a second. When no, he, yeah, absolutely. No, but what too. what I was going to say, you know, your your point is is spot on. Uh, I. I was a little worried that he'd be a little too isolated, but when you saw, when you saw how free and and that was the other thing too, there was a lot of talk that, that the the players that would flank a striker in a system of Lampard's like, um, and I think this is where the idea of Deli Ali comes in too. But I think that, that when you had players like uh, Gordon and, and Gray given so much license, frankly, to just kind of be fluid and move around and just make plays as opposed to being nailed down to a particular position or side or what have you. I think that that just, that opened up space. And frankly, that's the sort of football that, that in terms of fluidity, I think that Richarlison thrives on, especially in the Brazil. I thought it was, was wonderful. Yeah. Les Roberts joins us from somewhere. Uh, Les, you don't have to try and do video, buddy, because we're we're just doing a regular pod. Hey, what's up, guys? Well, hang on. I don't think it's only Les. Is he? It seems like the rest of people who come on the blue room with him right now. Can everyone hear us okay? No, they can't. (laughs) They can't, and they're trying to do video. Les, you don't have to do video. Don't do video from from the... (laughs) Such a crowded place. It's it just is. Too... It's like he's actually in. It's in the middle of the game, isn't it? People need to not think that that's an excuse we're making there. By the way, he's gone to uh, gone to a pub to celebrate after the match. Um, but back to the Richarlison point. Um, you know, th- this gives additional food for thought. And I know, obviously, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the goals. Some really good yeah. goals. Some really good. Some really good play on the floor that we kept there. Um, you think of each one of them that. that the Damari Gray corner that he puts in 
for Yerry Mina. I mean, oh, you yeah. look at Yerry Mina's career in terms of goal scoring for Colombia. He bags them quite often. If you look at how many he's taken in the amount of games he's played, for the centre-half, he scores a lot of goals um, on the international scene. When he signed for us, I was like, this guy's going to get, I don't know, five, eight, maybe even double figures in a season for us if we can get the ball in when we get set pieces. And today could not have been explained more as the most stereotypical type of Yeri Mina goal from a corner when the yeah. ball's whipped in perfectly from Damari Gray. He stood there, what, five, six yards out, off his head, didn't even have to jump, straight into no. the middle of his forehead, goes in the goal, and then a lot of relief for him as well, I thought, when he scored. Robin, I know mm-hmm. you'll have loved this much more than anybody else when he's knocked this in, but when he goes to the... Um, the uh, family closure on the edge of the on the edge of the corner does his little celebration with Richarlison. Then the first thing after that he does is sprint over to Frank Lampard. Yeah, arms around him. That to me said a lot. Oh, it was it was incredible. I mean, it looked hey, we all know we all know that that I am El Presidente uh, <laughs> of of Yeri's fan club. But look, I, I think what was great, like beyond the Yeri Mina aspect of it, I think that one, I'm I was just kind of blown away today, frankly, that you had um you had set piece success. We just haven't had enough of that, to your point. Um, I think that that Yeri, Yeri Mina, but also even Michael Keane, who who can definitely definitely should be scoring more than he does. I, I think that, that that generally speaking, that that it's some yeah, somewhat some of that's on the players, but I think some of that frankly has been on on poor set piece delivery that we've had uh for a prolonged period of time. Um, you know, I don't think Luca Dean, who took the majority of those this season. <laughs> has really had you know really had a sparkling season up to that point uh but but i also just think that that there's this idea that when you have a backroom staff of it it feels right now like 10 coaches that frank lampard has at his disposal and i i don't know dave if it's paul clement who's who's kind of working on the set pieces with them but you do feel like set piece goal are those goals that are I don't want to call them bonuses but when you can get goals off of free kicks and set pieces just I I think that that those are the goals that over a course of a season are there to kind of add some cushion aren't they I mean they are those are those those opportunities they're the bonus rounds aren't they if we go and do that They've yeah, and, and we have, and in Yerry Mina, like the, what Yerry Mina does that I think is, or, or he is capable of, if the system, if if a set piece design is done well, is that whether he's scoring or not, Dave, his presence at six foot five alone, and and by the way, he just out muscled that poor chump who was trying to to hold him off for that goal today. It was, I mean, it was very predictable, but at the very least, even when he's not scoring. His presence alone should cause enough, should draw enough attention that it does free someone up. Um, I think you saw, I, I couldn't tell Dave if if Mina got the flick on for Holgate's goal as well, but you, you just, his presence in there means a lot. So obviously he's got to stay fit. All those, all those caveats in there, but hey, look for him to come on when he didn't expect to play today and deliver that was was incredible. The moment when, that he went straight over to Lampard and hugged, I I almost cried, Dave, as you yeah. can imagine. I thought this is this is all I've I've this is what I want here, you know. Obviously, but I think that what it does show is that there is a 
there, there's already a, a, a slowly burgeoning, um, you know, emotional connection um, that, that the manager is trying to foster uh, inside the squad. But, uh, and that part was great. But as far as the, the time of the goal, I think that that was one of those sliding doors moments because with Godfrey going off and it looks pretty, it looks, sadly, it looks a little serious. I can't tell if it was a knee or a hamstring, a hamstring. That could have been one of those moments where you bring Yerry Mean on when he doesn't expect to play. You're putting him out on the right. Does Everton immediately uh, ship a goal at that point under some weird, quirky circumstance? And then we're all kind of going, well, here we go again. Yeah. Instead, that 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 moment led to, uh, you know, obviously the set piece, Yerry scores. And, and once they go up 1-0, it's not done and dusted at that point. But there was there there seemed to be this just absolute exertion of joy and this sense of relief uh, amongst the squad to, to be up one nil uh, as Phil Kirkbride pointed out on Twitter, Dave, I don't know if you saw this. Yeah. That was the first time Everton have scored first since October, October. <laughs> it's just, it, it's, it has been a, you know, being down a, a goal is just been a disease for this side. And that's why they find themselves where they are on the table. And so to get that goal and to be able to have something to build on was just absolutely crucial today. And to double up on what you said there, the film Phil said, um, Gavin Buckland has also said, our great friend Gavin Buckland has said, Frank Lampard 4 1 is the biggest win by an Everton manager in their first game as well. So, I mean, you, you think about the history that we've got that we actually, a lot of our fans, probably our older fans, bang on about how big of a club Everton have been. That That's quite a, a significant start, I would say, um, particularly with it being in the FA Cup as well. As, uh, there's, there's quite an emotional finish that you mentioned there. There's sort of you, you, your ears, uh, you, your eyes were sort of getting a little bit wet as, as, as Yeti <laughs> ran over to Frank Lampard. I think towards the end of that, a lot of people looking around each other. And it look, of course, it's so easy to get carried away. Um, mm. And, you know, interesting when we had a chat earlier in the week about this being a game that wasn't as important, um, certainly in the context of what our Premier League season looks like right now. Mm. Um, this couldn't have gone better for what is about to come up. And that is, which we'll, we'll touch upon before we finish in a sec, you know, there's going to be so many food for thoughts here for the setup for Lampard, for everybody there, the staff, what they do with this 11 now, because there are plenty of players there who I presume he'll have thought beforehand. But yes, even if we win this, I actually don't want this player to be involved or start against Newcastle because I've got Delhi to throw in straight away and I've got Van der Beek to throw in straight away. Yeah, now it in looks tougher, mind, doesn't it? Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and in my in my mind now, I'm thinking, well, that isn't as straightforward as many of us, including him, would have predicted going going over to Newcastle, um, which I'm absolutely can't wait to do on on Tuesday night. I'm travelling over there, which is like, well, to you, 170 miles away is not that far where you live, is it? Really, to go somewhere? That's no, it's that's probably for you that isn't it? That level of trip. Yeah, it's a few. Uh, that's probably you know just a couple, you know few hours nice nice it. simple trip but but then again you know i've got a straight shot down down uh, down the road uh, a lot of the times because of just the amount of space here but <laughs> i know i know newcastle is uh driving across the country is certainly uh you know no small feat but 
hey, we, you know that we'll get that support. And that's the thing is, is and, and certainly this club has taken it for granted for far too long, but we know we're going to get the away support. Yeah. We know we're going to have, if we can continue to have, you know, even remotely close to that level of, of Goodison uh, vibe, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think that that's, it, it, it sounds, I think to an outsider who's never been to Goodison or someone who kind of sees the sport from afar, the idea of a crowd being such an important a, a, a an important advantage, I think, seems kind of like something that oh, people say that because you know they're getting caught up in the romance of it all. But yeah, yeah. It, it truly, until you've been to Goodison in that sort of atmosphere, you don't really realize what an what an asset it is. Uh, and conversely, when the team is bad, also what a negative it can be to have <laughs> have that yeah, crowd exactly. on top of you as well. But I think I think what you saw today in the you know when we were talking you know beginning to talk about the goals I think what you saw today was was a template for um, you know that symbiotic relationship you 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 get up one nil you you're able to then have a, a crowd that's already wanting to be you know it's dying to be on your side uh, and and suddenly you've got players who are willing to to take those chances to to be a little braver on the ball there we we've talked so much about how many of the, in this team seem to run hide how often they they look like they're you know coming out to a death march when they when they get out of that tunnel and you didn't see any of that today you saw a bunch of guys who seemed to all want to get in on the get in on the fun and and the the importance for a game like this within the context of the the daunting uh league fixtures that we've got uh ahead when i say daunting i don't mean like newcastle because of where they're on the table but just because of the task at hand if you will the reason it's so important is because you will feel like this is a group of players that will absolutely, instead of kind of viewing Tuesday as, oh, we got to turn around really quickly and do this again. They're going to be viewing this as, as guys who are shot out of a cannon ready to play. <laughs> I bet, I bet Richarlison is ready to go play 90 more minutes after yeah. that. And so I, I think that, I think that, uh, see, you know, as much as is made of, of these sort of, things that aren't part of the the stat sheet seeing players who look happy look engaged who look like they are committed to uh, what is ahead i think if if anything lampard has at, at the very least come in and tried to harness you know that collection of good feelings and goodwill uh, and focus it in on something that looks like good football and so uh, that's where i'm most impressed that's where i'm most enthused and that's certainly where i i'm i'm taking some confidence confidence going into Tuesday. Absolutely right. And just before we wrap this up then, Dali Ali, Don, uh, Donny van der Beek, are you looking at that thinking these two guys simply have to come in straight away and they will do? I was pretty much 100% that those two guys would be straight into the starting 11 before today. Um, probably a little bit less, but I still, I'm still pretty sure that he'll put them both in. Um, yeah. And then obviously Godfrey's injury, that means is it automatic that Mina comes straight in, and that's what we'll see at the back. And also, yeah. I don't necessarily think we're going to be playing in in a four three three sort of system, or three four three. Sorry. Yeah, I I think uh, yeah, I'd be kind of shocked if we don't go for at the back um, on Tuesday. Um, I think the idea was, I think Mina was always going to come in on Tuesday, but I think the idea was to give him a rest today uh, yeah. with the quick turnaround, and they're managing, you know, they're managing a guy who's had uh, in his injury issues, right? But Having said that, with Godfrey out, boy, it just takes away some of that versatility. And, and frankly, this is what, as much as no one probably wants to hear this, Dave, these are the sorts of 
moments, events, uh, factors that, that come into play that suddenly give guys who had been left for dead new life. Um, boy, Andre Gomez sure didn't look like someone who has a foot out the door today, right? Um, Mason Holgate suddenly looked like – this is the least – this is the best Mason Holgate, like, and mainly because I just didn't notice Mason Holgate for long periods in terms of like he didn't he wasn't do, you know taking any rash rash chances and and you know just horrible passes and 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 you know th- we're gonna now kind of be in a position with Godfrey out where Mason Holgate's gonna have to maybe be that guy that 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 he was that we were promised years back right yeah. I mean I think that that you are probably looking I would imagine uh, and Mikolinko at left back. Um, I, I don't know if he plays, I don't know. Coleman went for the full 90 today. Um, I don't think it doesn't appear that Patterson, he's rushing to put Patterson in, uh, you know, to start. So I, I could see him go with something along the lines of, of, of Keen Amina in, in a central pairing and then put either go with Coleman on the right or um, potentially putting uh, Holgate out on the right. Um, I think in a back four, you're certainly not going to, you're, you're certainly going to have to do that or, um, or maybe it's, I guess it could be John Joe Kenny, but, but suddenly you realize just even, and even having to decipher that, that, that suddenly you have some real questions without Ben Godfrey there. Right. Um, having said that, I don't know that he puts both Vanderbeek and, and Deli Ali in straight away. I think there's a decent chance because I don't know how you put Damari Gray on the bench right now. Right. Uh, I think Gordon is probably the one that becomes the impact sub in a scenario like that. But I, I tend to think that Deli Ali comes straight in. I think Deli Ali, because he's the permanent player, but also because he represents such upside, you've got to get him going. Right. If you can get him into a productive side, he seems like the kind of player that if he could get a goal that suddenly you could unleash something with him. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, they could bring both of those guys in, but it'd be really interesting um, to, to see who gets sacrificed in a scenario like that. I suppose you could put Vanderbeek uh, in for Gomez or for, or, uh, you know, possibly, but boy, Andre Gomez seemed to earn a spot in, in Tuesday's lineup today. Uh, having said that with, with just a few days turnaround, I think that you could very easily make the case that it, it's okay to rotate a little bit there and, and figure out, um, you know, a way to continue to, keep all those guys engaged but but ultimately um i'm going into tuesday full of hope um i don't know that we need three points but we need at least a result there um but boy three points would go a long way towards towards safety wouldn't it absolutely right and and, and to sign that off i think completely agree with you i think the, the one reason why i think um either or both will come straight in i don't know if gomez he'd be seen as somebody who could do 72 hours um yeah, maybe to, to Alan as well. I mean, these are guys who did put a lot into this today. Um, and again, it was the FA Cup, so you know, you need to get that hat off straight away. Um, yes, the optimism will shine through to what we go to in Newcastle. Um, because at the end of the day, like like I said it last week, we could have won today by nine, ten goals to nil. We're still uh threatening relegation or threatened relegation in the Premier League. And that's why this is going to be crucial when we go to Newcastle, uh, even more important than today was really. So the, the nice warm feeling we've all got going into tonight when you watch match of the day or whatever it is that you're watching, the highlights of tonight's game, Tuesday is more important. Um, and we'll be all over that, of course, on the Blue Room. Uh, obviously, we're on Patreon as well if you want more of us, um, the Blue Room EFC. 
uh, on Twitter as well. And of course, BlueRoomEFC.com if you want to check out our website, which has all of our free podcasts, which you do every single week. And uh, yeah, be bagfuls of stuff to come ahead of Tuesday night's big game against Newcastle and of course throughout the week we'll speak to you then, thanks to Rob thanks to Les, I don't know if I can say thanks to Les, he was literally on here he tried. He's, he's, yeah, he's, hey, he's Les is out celebrating for us right now he's he's doing doing the Lord's that'll do, work that'll do Les and I saw Lord on there as well and a couple of the rest of the team up there having a great night celebrating what is finally uh, a decent victory for Everton and a, I don't know a much, a much lighter uh, future, hopefully, when we look at this football club, that constantly uh, annoy us for life. So hopefully this is a time now where we can enjoy it. Uh, thanks very much, Rob, as usual, man. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. We'll make sure you tune in to uh, everything we've got coming up over the weekend and at the start of next week ahead of that trip to Newcastle. Um, Who are you? I'm you from the future. What do you want? I want to tell you about Dave. Dave has your future money. Spend it on whatever you need. With extra cash from Dave, you can get up to 500 bucks instantly with no interest and no credit check. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.